Welcome to Battleground Politics. I'm Lauren Mate. We're talking about mail-in voting in this episode. It is an option for voters in Pennsylvania. You don't need an excuse. Any registered voter can vote by mail. Now, Democrats embraced this idea when it became widely available several years ago. But former President Trump did not. Here he is in 2020. I think that mail-in voting is a terrible thing. Well, things have changed. Republicans are now embracing the idea of mail-in voting, encouraging people to what they call bank their vote, and even posting this video of former President Trump. Go to bankyourvote.com to sign up and commit to voting early. Bankyourvote.com. We must defeat the far left at their own game, or our country will never recover from this disastrous, crooked Biden administration. I sat down with Pennsylvania Republican Party Chair Lawrence Tabus to talk about how this transition came about and how they now convince voters to join them. Uh, Lawrence Tabus, Chair of the Pennsylvania State Republican Party, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Glad to be here. So let's talk about mail-in ballots and this campaign that you have right now. Uh, you're telling people to bank their vote, which essentially means to use a mail-in ballot either right. by mail or to do it in person at your county office. Uh, what's the reception that you're getting from voters? It's actually this? been excellent. And I think, you know, look, after last year's experience uh, where the mail-in ballots were just overwhelmed, our votes at the polls, our party has really wrapped around this and is in taking it on very strongly. I have the counties working very hard. In fact, of all the new applications for mail-in ballots, 41% of them are now Republican mail-in ballot applications, which is more than double what we've had in the past. I have counties that are working around the clock with uh, Chase programs. We're supporting them with the RNC, and uh, we're going to catch up uh, to the uh, Democrats who've had a three-year advantage uh, because there were some in our party who were not in favor of it, but now they realize that this is critical. Well, the person who was uh, perhaps most famously not in favor of it was President Donald Trump. Do you think he's come over? Oh, not only has he come over, I have videos with him advocating and pushing and promoting mail-in ballots. How did that come about? Uh, because uh, you look at the numbers. You know, you want to win. Mail-in ballots are a legal way of voting in Pennsylvania. So why would we go into an election with one arm tied up behind our back and not use one of the legal methods? And we can demonstrate now that it's been a successful program and our voters are taking to it and our county parties are working very closely with us and we're supporting them in numerous ways with the RNC backing us up. You talked about sort of being behind in this. Um, I looked at some numbers as well and about 17% of Democrats as of uh, this past Friday had requested mail-in ballots, about 5% of Republicans. So you are behind there. How, how do you make that up, especially in a situation where um, voters had been listening to President Trump, who told them that it was a terrible thing, who said misleading things about mail-in ballots? Well, we have, and again, we've been showing that they can be voted and used securely. We've shown that they are critical to bolstering the votes that we get at the polls, that to be competitive, we need them. There are a lot of people who can't get to the polls either because of maybe health or weather or job or family duties. You know, this is a great way in order to be able to vote and participate in the process. We have a lot of people who have not been uh, 
voting for a while who find this to be very convenient and supportive of this uh, effort that we're making here. So we've got, uh, we've got promotion coming from all the candidates. Dave McCormick has been pushing it, um, all of our judicial candidates. And I have to tell you, our county parties, the state party, our voters, they're really receptive and accepting it. I mean, our numbers are much better than they were in 21 in a municipal year. And our numbers are probably going to maybe exceed 22 as well, which is a general election year with a higher turnout. Tell me about the conversations that you've had with voters. Um, who, as I said, listened to President Trump um, and may have been convinced by what he said about mail-in ballots before. Uh, what, are the, what have those conversations been like? How do you go about that on an individual basis? Well, part of it was really more that the mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania were being rolled out right in the middle of the first COVID year. So we didn't have the advantage of a lot of states that had their mail-in ballot programs long before 2020. So when we rolled it out in our state, it was in the middle of COVID. Uh, there were many court decisions and, and uh, guidances that were coming from the Department of State that were confusing and conflicting, and people didn't always understand what were the rules, what was the process. We were doing it for the first time. Uh, things changed throughout the entire process, so there was a lot of confusion. So that led to a lot of people being skeptical of it because our rollout occurred in a time when it was not, in my view, managed as well as it should have been by the Department of State and by the governor's office, the then Governor Tom Wolf's office. So do you feel comfortable at this point with mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania throughout throughout Pennsylvania, how all of the counties are handling them. Mail-in ballots are one of the legal methods of voting in Pennsylvania. We promote that just as we do. Look, go to the polls, absolutely, if you can and, and, and want to. We think that's great. We're looking to encourage that. Our GOTV efforts are still strong. But the mail-in ballots are a key component in this race. And more and more people are looking to vote by mail for all kinds of reasons. So we are supporting it heavily, and this Bank the Vote program has been just, the results have far exceeded my expectations, far exceeded. What were the conversations in developing the Bank Your Vote campaign? How, how did you get to that point? Well, a lot of it started with uh, talking to other states who had done this for years to find out how they did it and what were some of the key touch points. We put together a task force in the state party. I appointed a task force. We explored it. We talked to people about their concerns, the voters. We uh, looked at all the different um, methods that were being used for uh, voting by mail and how to promote it. And then we uh, unveiled our campaign and I met with the counties and uh, we've met with each one individually and we've been working very closely with them. And it's been, as I said, it's gone far better than I had expected. Do you still get pushback? People. I think some people are concerned because, again, remember in 2020, it was so confusing. There was a lot of different directives and guidance coming out from the Department of State, some of which contradicted each other. The other problem is some counties approached the mail-in ballot and counted them and evaluated them differently than others. Some required the date on the outside envelope in the beginning. Some said that you could come in and cure your ballot. Not all counties knew that they could do that or whether it was allowed. Some had maybe missing uh, the, the secrecy envelope. Do you count those or not? So there was a lot of confusion. 
And um, we have now been able to establish to our voters and to our party members that there's now a, a, a methodology in place that at the county level uh, for secure voting by mail-in ballots. And we wrap up, what, what would you consider success in this? This is your first, first time really <laughs> first time. embracing mail-in voting in this way publicly with this type of campaign. What, what would be success for you? So um, it's takes a, it takes a state usually three, five, six years to build the infrastructure for a real mail-in ballot campaign, uh, but we've had to put it on steroids and get it up. If, if we can, uh, I don't want to give away our percentages because I'm sure people watching this will be adding up the vote numbers, but um, we, are, we want to exceed what we did in 21, which was a similar municipal year. And that year, the Democrats who were running for the court statewide, 44% of their votes came from mail-in. The Republican candidates, about 10 to 11% came from mail-in. So we want to exceed that 10 to 11% number, and I know for a fact that we will. I'm just not going to say what that is going to be here today, but what I believe it will be. Lawrence Tavis, thank you so much. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate your time. So what does this change in tactic from Republicans mean for Democrats? And what's ahead for voting in Pennsylvania? I talked to Democratic political consultant Mustafa Rashid. Mustafa Rashid joining me now. He is a Democratic political consultant and uh, CEO of Bellevue Strategies. Thank you so much for joining us, Mustafa. Lauren, thanks for having me. So let's talk about mail-in voting. We know that this year, Republicans are embracing mail-in voting and encouraging people to bank their vote. Democrats aren't doing the same kind of push, uh, but we know that they have embraced mail-in voting from the very beginning. Uh, what, how are they approaching it this year? Well, it's, it's been almost, well, it's been almost four years uh, since mail-in balloting uh, through Act 77 became law in Pennsylvania. And Democrats were very quick to embrace it, to use it as an organizing tool, a get-out-the-vote tool. And so I would say that Democrats are, and clearly the numbers show, the Democrats are in the lead and have an advantage in mail-in voting because a lot of um, Democratic voters across the state are used to it. They've heard about it. They never were in a position where they feared it or they thought that something was going to happen to their vote, whereas Republicans had denigrated mail-in voting since its inception, even though they were the ones who were in charge when they created it. But they stayed away from it. Former President Trump vilified it. And so they became a a disadvantage for Republicans in Pennsylvania for mail-in voting because they didn't want to use it. And quietly over the last two years, Republicans have started to embrace it more. They released a formal report to admit that it, you know, they were losing the battle there. And so I, I still think they have a ways to catch up, but Democrats seem to be out ahead when it comes to mail-in balloting. Do Democrats need to handle things differently at all, given that Republicans are actually purposely going after this and encouraging their voters to vote by mail? I don't think they need to handle it any differently. I, I think they can redouble their efforts. I think they can streamline and fine tune their efforts and continue to make it a better process uh, for their voters to, to engage. And it's been working and I think they can figure out ways to continue to make it better. Because if they had the advantage before, if Republicans are now coming in and saying, hey, you know, we think that we can get some of this back, does that do they lose some of that edge that they had? I think so. I, it's, it's, I mean, you can make up for it 
least on paper, by registering new voters, getting new people into the mix who are eligible, who weren't able to vote four years ago. I mean, just think about it. If you were 14 or 15 years, 14 or 15 years old a few years ago, um, you're new and savvy, you know about social media, you're a heavy user, now you've heard about it, now you're eligible to vote on it. I think that there are new people entering the electorate all the time who are age eligible to vote. And so while you think that it could be a, a, the, the advantage could shrink, um, I do think that Democrats uh, will continue to reach out to new voters to get them to be a part of the mix. So this is um, what a lot of people would consider to be an off-year election, but it is a big ele big election year in Philadelphia because of the mayoral race. Um, and I know that you have noted that this is sort of a first yes. in Philly. Yes, this is the first general election. And so the spring was the first primary election, but this fall will be the first general election uh, that you can vote for mayor not on election day and that is a big deal and so when you're talking about republicans who may want to test it how their mail-in balloting operations of mail-in voting operations are working this is one democrats can continue to fine-tune their operations so that it's not just dependent on what you do on election day for turnout um this fall um in a couple of weeks this general election in my mind um because you know we kind of think that we, we know how that it's going to play out in terms of the winner starts the 2024 general campaign. It starts the primary season for 2024. It starts the general season for 2024. And if you're in democratic politics in Philadelphia, it's going to be critical to make sure that your get out the vote operation via, um, be it traditional or mail-in balloting, that it works, that it's fine-tuned, and that you, that you slow down and even perhaps erase the slide that it has been Philadelphia's turnout. I think in 24 years ago, um, Philadelphia's turnout, actually not four years ago, six years ago when Senator Casey ran, Philadelphia's share of the electorate statewide was 11%. Uh, when now Senator Fetterman ran last year was 8%. So it's going in the wrong direction. So Philadelphia really needs to figure out what's happening and, and get a change in, uh, on those numbers. And interestingly, when you have a local election like this, as opposed to um, when you have a big Senate race at the top or a presidential race, you're really seeing the local organization. So in terms of whether people are getting uh, people to return their mail-in ballots, even if they already had them or, or have automatic um or have them automatically mailed to their mailed to their houses, um, we're really going to see how local organizing works here because you don't have the larger uh, democratic machine of or a presidential campaign, for example, sort of taking control of that. Correct. And get out the vote operations and funding from national parties for get out the vote operations will now include get out the vote operations for mail-in ballot getting people to register, getting people to turn in their vote, their, turn in their mail-in ballot. Um, like that's a part of the process, at, at least for both for both parties that existed for Democrats four years ago, um, but did not exist for Republicans. And so it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I do think you get a bit of a test run in the primary in the spring to see how it works. Um, you know, but the real big party is, you know, Pennsylvania is a swing state, as a purple state, as a battleground state. We're going to see how that works and how you find out if it's going to work are these test trials leading up to it. Interestingly, I was looking at some of the data that the state is putting out uh, on mail-in ballots so far, and Democrats are ahead of Republicans in terms of getting their voters to request ballots significantly ahead. However, when it comes to the rate of returns, um, as of October 27th, 
the rate of return was almost the same. 44, 45% was the rate for both Democrats and for Republicans. Uh, So uh, we'll see what the result of that is. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I mean, I think not, I think I am convinced that the problem for years was uh, former President Trump you know, denigrated. He said it was cheating, it was stolen, it was supposed to be He said all these horrible things about it. But in the meantime, Republicans across the Commonwealth lost ground, lost seats, lost offices because of it. And so since that's not going away, you have to embrace it. You know, good strategists would say, this is the playing field that we're working with now. We need to figure out how to use it, take advantage of it. Where do you see voting alternatives, um, voting opportunities going in terms of not just mail-in voting, but um, early voting. Uh, right now, you can go to your county uh, county elections office and get a mail-in ballot uh, before the deadline and vote right there. But you don't have the kind of early voting that, for example, I've worked in Florida for uh, quite a few years. And by election day, so many people had already voted because they voted early. They have a, a robust early voting process there. Do you see Pennsylvania um, maybe adopting something like that? Is there an appetite for it? I don't know if there is an appetite for it. And it's it's remarkable when you put it that way, is that Pennsylvania's uh, mail-in balloting process was not um, presented as early. It is early, but it wasn't presented as early. It was just that you can do this by mail, and here's the deadline in which your ballot has to be mailed in by But you're right. There are places all over the Commonwealth where you can take your ballot and hand it to a county commissioner's office and have it turned in that way. And that is, in a sense, early early uh, voting. It just it wasn't marketed that way. So I don't think people view it that way, even though that's exactly what it is. There weren't uh, specific events on dates, times and places that say we're going to have these days. Usually, I think in places like Florida, the, the, the Sunday beforehand, it's a big church day and everyone gets involved. Pennsylvania didn't market it that way. Pennsylvania presented it as early as mail-in balloting, and you could do it, you know, so long as you were in the time frame, but not as writ large as early voting. And I, I think an opportunity may have been missed there. Mustafa Rashid, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You can find more Battleground Politics on our website. Just go to NBC10.com slash Battleground Politics. You can also find episodes on our YouTube channel, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.